0: hi guys welcome to consuming crime i'm jen i'm jules and today i jen will be hosting this episode i can't wait i'm excited yeah
1: i love that we do this like we take turns on who is doing the story so that the other one can have like a a aha moment
0: yeah i love to surprise jules i live for it she never sees it coming i really don't you really don't okay i really don't (laughs) Alright guys, also please do not forget to give us 5 stars um, wherever you're listening, Spotify, and of course Apple Podcasts. So today's story is um, based on the documentary, um, same show, Someone You Thought You Knew, episode High School Homicide. So today's case is about a young girl named Kathy Chow. So the story takes place in Renton, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. It's a small community place to have a family. And overall, it just seems like any normal town, a town that you don't expect things to really go wrong. All that changed on April 19th, 2010. Police received a call about a 19-year-old girl named Kathy Chow who has gone missing. Her parents, Henry and Mary Chow, were obviously upset because they had no idea where she could be. They told detectives that the last time they saw their daughter was the day before, April 18th. At 7 o'clock that evening, On April 18th she had told her parents she was gonna go for a walk. The only thing she took with her was her cell phone. Her parents thought nothing of it. Walks were nothing out of the ordinary and it just didn't spark any attention to them. A few hours passed and Kathy had still not returned and that is when her father Henry started calling her phone at around 9 p.m. and Kathy does not answer. He begins to worry but his worries are put to rest when around 10 Henry gets a text on his work phone and it's from Kathy. She says that she's at the mall with some
1: friends, and she'll be home in a little while. But Kathy never made it home. See, I don't know. I feel like I'd want to get my daughter on the phone. What if somebody's texting from her phone? But I'm paranoid like that. But you never think, you know?
0: Yeah, and then she's a teenager, so I feel like maybe her parents didn't want to be, like, intrusive.
1: That's true. That's Mm -hmm. true.
0: So Kathy was a student. She was a senior at Lindbergh High School in Renton, Washington. And she had lots of friends and was extremely popular on social media. On Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc, she loved to take selfies and just post in general her daily life. She was very close to her parents. Her parents were immigrants from Taiwan who immigrated to the U.S. in hopes of a better life for their family. As you can see, eventually her, you know, it was just like guilt at the moment that her her do- their daughter was missing. Yeah, of course. But on the morning of the 19th, when Kathy didn't show up to school that next day, it was just strange and it set alarm bells to all of her friends. Investigators knew that to help find Kathy, technology will be key in this case. One of the first things they do is try to get a hold of Kathy's phone records. While they wait for the records to be released, authorities begin to ask the Chows if they knew of anybody that they can question or anybody that would help the investigators with more information. Investigators learned that Kathy had an extremely busy social life, of which her father disapproved. Mr. Chow told police that he did not like many of her friends or the activities that they would do together and thought maybe if he would have stayed in Taiwan, she would have done better. But as investigators dig deeper, one person sticks out. 21-year-old Ezekiel Wyken. who was the former boyfriend of Kathy Chow. And to investigators, the first person you always look at is the boyfriend or any former boyfriend. And he just happened to be the only boyfriend Kathy had ever had.
1: Or that the parents knew of. True. True, mm, because... Teenagers. Mm -hmm. I was a good one, though, guys. I was not.
0: Kathy and Ezekiel, we'll call him Zeke for sure, they had dated a couple years prior in high school, and they were just part of the same friend group. According to some of Kathy's friends, Ezekiel was kind, and their relationship seemed good. She said it wasn't perfect, but she loved him. And, I mean, what relationship is perfect at the end of the day? True. Zeke said Kathy and him dated for three months. He insisted they were still, like, really close friends, but he admits that the breakup wasn't easy. He claimed that not too long after they broke up. He started dating one of Kathy's friends Jamie Marlowe
1: Hell no Duty. Girl code. I was Girl so code. mad.
0: I was so mad, but you know what these hoes ain't loyal <laughs> Preach it <laughs> so of course um it was hard
1: on kathy and it just overall didn't sit well it was overall shocking
0: to all their friend group as it's girl code that you don't date one of your friend's ex
1: it's like people code i feel like (laughs) like friend code
0: like genuine friendship code like yeah yeah people that value friendships don't do that like
1: people that respect you it's all about respect
0: so zeke did seem like he cared for kathy and his worry about her missing did seem genuine then zeke shared something according to him he believed kathy had a new boyfriend I wanted to help investigators discover who he was. He believed he might have something to do with him, with the whole disappearance, but he just didn't know his name. Zeke claimed that the last time he had seen Kathy in person was about two or three months ago.
1: Was Zeke still with this Jamie character at the point of the interview? Do you know? At this
0: interview, it wasn't mentioned.
1: Oh, okay. It wasn't okay. mentioned
0: if they were together during the, the okay. interview. Detectives then asked Zeke where he was on the night of Kathy's disappearance, and he claims he was with a friend named John Carpenter, and he got there around 7 p.m and they played video games all night. John also knew Kathy as they went to the same high school, and Zeke admitted that Kathy did text him that night saying if they wanted to hang out, but he had denied.
1: So he hadn't seen her in 3 months and yet she was texting him to hang out randomly? Yeah, that, that's what he had stated. All right, so that's <laughs> but all right. So in order to make sure that his story is true,
0: investigators bring in his friend John Carpenter for questioning. John said it was true that Zeke was there all night and never left. Before Zeke could leave, however, they asked him to take a lie detector test in order to be able to eliminate him, and he agrees. When the results came in, Zeke passed the polygraph exam, and he was taken off the suspect list, and detectives returned once again to the Chow home to see if they can get any more information, or just create a new timeline.
1: Okay, just so we're clear, I'm not sure if we've ever talked about this, but polygraph tests... Bullshit. (laughs) Like, just, they're not admissible in court at all i don't know if you guys know that listening um i don't think either what do you think about them honestly
0: i don't i don't agree with them i don't think they can convict anybody and i don't think they can clear anybody because i feel like psychopaths are really good liars
1: you definitely can't like it's it's not usable as evidence but also they range from being 50 to 80 percent accurate that's like their range (laughs) that's a huge variance yeah oh my god just fyi guys and don't just don't take one just don't just don't that's what a lawyer is always going to tell you whether you're guilty or not guilty like don't take a polygraph because you could be not guilty and then just be so like i have like the worst anxiety i'd probably just be shaking the entire time even though i had nothing to do with whatever they're asking me about just don't take it if you're ever accused of Anything. Yeah, don't do it.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> so they knew much of her life was online, so they decided to see if they can get a hold of any of her belongings, such as her laptop, or just take a look into her room and see what they can find. Once at the Chow residence, they asked Mr. Chow if they would be able to get into her room to see if there was any sort of evidence, such as schedules, notes, something that could explain if she had had something else planned that night. But to the surprise of the investigators, Mr. Chow declined, and he did not want to give officers her laptop. This is obviously a huge red flag to
1: investigators. He said no, you can't have my daughter's laptop? Yeah. My missing daughter's laptop that's gonna help you find her, you can't. Yep,
0: They really did say that. Oh my god. This was obviously a red flag to investigators and they were unable to obtain a search warrant because of the lack of evidence. Mr. Chow claimed that he was going to have one of his computer experts look at the computer and then provide him with the information found. Investigators felt like they just had nowhere to go. Authorities asked the Chows to come into the station for interrogation and were asked to take a polygraph test in which Mrs. Chow said she couldn't. Mr. Chow did end up taking the test but was very emotional and he just kept bringing up memories of Kathy and was overall just completely upset. And the results obviously ended up coming back as no opinion because the exam had to be stopped so many times.
1: It's like inconclusive kind of yeah. just. I don't know.
0: The Chows were a very private family. Investigators talked to neighbors who said they never have anybody over their house, and none of Kathy's friends had never been over, and no one was allowed into the house aside from their immediate family. However, it was then realized that that's all it was. The Chow's were just private people and they wanted to protect what they could. Mrs. Chow didn't want to take the test because it was Kathy's birthday that day. So obviously she was just an emotional wreck. And eventually they were also cleared. And Mr. and Mrs. Chow ended up turning in the laptop to investigators and they got right to work. So I also think it's maybe like a culture thing,
1: you know? that's what i was thinking i was like uh that sounds sus but also they're not from here so maybe it's just like a cultural thing with being private and then communication because i don't know if they're
0: they immigrated here so i don't know if they're english like they were able to get through to them the way they had wanted to
1: or oh like the um language barrier like language barrier and yeah. just
0: overall like i feel like cops aren't always nice you know and i feel like if they sense your line they're gonna be assholes like
1: oh yeah they're gonna know. pry in every way yeah. they can yeah, so far, I, I don't really, I don't suspect the parents.
0: They discovered that she was not only on social media, but numerous dating sites.
1: <laughs> Aren't we all? It's funny <laughs> because,
0: like, during the documentary, it was, this little moment was so dramatic. Like, she was on several dating sites, and I'm like...
1: Tinder. Yes. Hinge. Like, it was okay, so stupid <laughs> How dare she? Yeah. What a whore. <laughs> it's 2020. It was, Get over it, it. It was
0: just so funny. Like, I was just like, okay. So, as I mentioned, investigators stated that she was actually on numerous dating sites and meeting lots of men and was in contact with eight men around the time of her disappearance. According to friends, Kathy loved boys. She liked talking to them and just getting to know them, and she was a little boy crazy and a little naive. When investigators ran background tests on all the men that she had been talking to, police had reason to worry. At least one had had an assault charge. In the meantime, Kathy's phone records come in, and her last ping was at 9.48 p.m. on April 18th.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Didn't she text her dad last at, like, 10.15? Yeah, at around. Mm. Okay. Maybe
0: that was that? T. I don't hmm. know, Julie. Stop asking so many damn questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I mentioned, the last ping was wait, at Wait, what nine. was
1: the weather like that day? Mm. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> Bitch, okay. As I had mentioned... The last thing was at 9.48 p.m. on April 18th, and it reveals something alarming. According to the records, it shows that Kathy was last active at the park at this park called Boulevard Park. The park was just an overall popular meetup place where many would just go on first aids and just go hang out. So while this information was discovered, investigators decided to bring in all eight men that she had been in contact with during the time of her disappearance. One by one was brought in for questioning, and each was given a polygraph test. Hmm, <laughs> And the results came in, and they all passed the exams, and they were all released.
1: But you're clearing somebody based off of a a test that is 50 to 80% accurate. I know, Uh, I
0: know, I know. Alright, go on. The search did not turn up anything. Meanwhile, her friends are helping look for her as well by posting posters and asking people for help. They also formed their own search party, but aren't able to find anything. So at this point, they know her last location was at that park, so many of them just started to go look and see if they can find anything, you know?
1: I understand though where investigators are coming from with the polygraphs because in a way, like, you can only do so much with no evidence and without a body. Mm-hmm. But, it's still frustrating.
0: The case starts to turn cold. A couple months passed and nothing was found. But in the spring of 2011, a year after Kathy went missing, her friends noticed something very suspicious that it brought chills to all their bodies. They noticed someone was wearing a familiar pair of shoes that were exactly like Kathy's. No. The shoes appeared to be like high-top Converse, but went like a little bit below the knee. And the person wearing these shoes...
1: Jamie. Was Kathy's former friend, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I should be a detective. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Okay, okay. I'm on the edge of my seat, remember, guys. if you remember,
0: this was the girl Ezekiel started dating right after they had split up. <sighs> the shoes were the same style and color that Kathy had had those were her signature shoes according to friends and she absolutely loved them it just felt really weird to everyone i mean obviously they couldn't pinpoint those are her shoes but it was just like weird that and i'll i'll see if i can find a picture of them so i can put them on the site but they're not very common shoes you'll see you'll see kathy she was very like quirky like she was like a mix of just punker. it was like 2010 so think of that era like raver like funky shoes so they are distinct shoes so, days later, a tip is received from a student claiming that they need to talk to a person named Giovanni, also known as Gio to his friends. She claimed that Gio knows what happened to Kathy. 21 year old Gio agrees to come down to the station and, and drops a bombshell. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gio states that he has information to solve the case. He told police, yeah, this is like, quote, yeah, I pretty much started thinking really, really in depth about who is this person. And I literally wrote, wait, what do you mean? So it's not you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, what?
0: Gio explained that he had met Kathy in school and had been roommates with John Carpenter for two years. So remember, John Carpenter is Zeke's friend. Okay. And back when Kathy and Zeke were dating, they used to all hang out in their apartment. Geo said that they would come over and play video games with John, and pretty much friends were just in general always over at their place. Police then asked Geo about the night Kathy went missing. He claimed he was playing video games with John when Zeke showed up at around 1 or 2 in the morning. Geo claimed he had mud on his shoes, which caught the attention of investigators because the last whereabouts of Kathy, it was like the park was a very swampy area. Geo claimed he asked him what happened, and he said that he just went bike riding and fell.
1: And this was that night that she went missing? Yes, this was that same night that he went missing.
0: Police think back to John and Zeke's original story, and none of them mentioned Gio. They found his timing of releasing information very strange. Police then asked Gio why he didn't release this information a year ago. Gio claimed that he just didn't think much of it, and it started to hit him later. After he claimed Zeke's mood started changing with certain things... And he was just an overall asshole to everyone. Police then decided to bring in John again. They questioned John about the night Kathy went missing once again. And this time he claims Zeke might have not gotten there at around 7. And claimed that he might have just dreamed that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Alright. This is kind of like a murder case. You kind of got to be sure about things before you spit it out of your mouth. But Exactly. All right. So John claims that Zeke was wearing boots. So that kind of. That
0: kind of proved that Gio was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So they decided to bring Zeke back in to question him. He claimed that Kathy had texted him saying she was going to be hanging out and that he was just kind of like, eh. Investigators then dropped the information that both of their phones pinged in the same area around the same time. Mm, wow! So now you can see in the interrogation that Zeke was just like, like he knew, he knew they had. They had him because had he, him. he's saying yeah. that like he wasn't
1: with her at all.
0: And then now it's just like all these lies are coming back. Zeke confessed that he did see her that night and he claimed the two had been arguing about his relationship with Jamie. Kathy was just really upset. He claimed that he was very upset too and that his heart started beating really fast and that he already had struggled with anger issues. He claimed he always carries a pocket knife for protection and that when Kathy saw it, she freaked out and gained control of the knife and ended up like splashing his face and then scarred his lip. Which he did have. Who the hell's like,
1: oh my god, a you, have like, you have a knife? Let and me grab it and stab too, you like, in the face. Like it's But she, she's trying to say that she freaked out, took yeah. it off of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't like Zeke's Zeke. in the first place. <laughs> like, in the first place. Zeke then claimed that after um, he gained the knife
0: back, he might have stabbed her in the throat. <laughs>
1: Oh, I I might have. Okay, might have said.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. He then just confessed overall what happened and claimed that John helped him dispose of the body. John ended up admitting to helping him dispose of the body and claimed that he just didn't know how to say no. Like his friend needed help and he just kind of did it. So eventually the body was discovered. But at least they give answers to the chow family the trial went through and of course zeke was given life in prison and john was actually given immunity for his information for for his testimony for his testimony
1: damn that is today's i had a feeling because i what it was soon as you said zeke and jamie i was like i wonder i mean my theory was totally different i was thinking maybe jamie was jealous of kathy so she like devised this plan to like have her killed because she was jealous even though she's the one that stole her friend's boyfriend whether she stole him or she just dated him after the fact. Like, I thought it was some, like, jealousy oh, thing. Oh, forgot to mention, very important thing. He kept the
0: shoes as souvenirs and gave them to Jamie.
1: Oh, my god. So,
0: Jamie claims to also have not known anything about this. But I just find it so strange. Like, some girl goes missing, then you're gifted with shoes of the girl that goes missing. Does she knew? And why did you take her shoes she her knew. shoes that you know that like you dated her you knew everybody knew that those were her damn shoes and she liked them
1: she took them and she wore them and
0: then but the fact that he took them too like <sighs> he, like
1: to me that's oh just goodness, like that's what that just broke pre- my heart no i was gonna say can't they prove premeditation with that but no they can't they can only prove that like he enjoyed it but it I wasn't literally self-defense had
0: chills in my body I literally had chosen my body when I saw, like, obviously it's actors on TV, but when I when I heard that Jamie was wearing identical shoes,
1: dude, that's creepy. It just gave me really? like creepy vibes. Like,
0: how are you okay with that? I don't know. <sighs> I guess we
1: just never understand things. The people you know, huh? People you know. What is it? Or someone you someone thought you knew? You thought you knew. Tea guys, tea <sighs> Oh so don't trust your boyfriends or ex-boyfriends. Just don't trust people. You never know anyone ever. Or don't go to secluded areas. Just be night. careful. Yeah. Be ca- Especially if you're dating. Like, just be careful. Always. And there's also
0: nothing wrong with going on dating apps, guys. I don't know why there's this nothing- documentary...
1: They literally were like... Ugh. How dare she? Yes, it was funny. I was like, wow. <laughs> the only thing that I would do when I was on dating web- websites, first of all, I think I only met up with somebody twice on dating websites and both times i said let's facetime first so i can verify you're real by the way i have my location turned on and my mom my uncle my best friend has it and they'd all be like oh okay like it's a little weird but like if they would have said nah never mind that's us yeah and just meet in public places i meet mean. in pub meet in public and places. drive separately drive separately you don't want them to know where yes. you live drive separately meet you there buddy <laughs> yeah dude they don't need to know That's but that's always how you gotta do it if you, you gotta be weird who cares be rude be weird stay alive what crime junkie says thanks for consuming crime with us thank you for listening and then don't forget to give us five stars please 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 guys and check out the photos we will be posting it on consumingcrime.com and if you can't check out the episode it's it's pretty good It's on the investigation discovery. ID discovery. Someone you thought you knew.
0: Episode high school homicide.
1: All right. See y'all next week. Toodles.